It's Tape Tuesday, so we'll be taking a look at four plays, like always. But first, we'll take a look at Florida's hopes for the rest of the season. All that on today's episode of Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day, available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Now we're going to take a look at the Gators for the rest of the season, what it could look like, what we can expect. Um... I'm going to just be a straight shooter with you. Um, Playoffs, out of the question. That's just not something that's going to happen. Even winning out, it's just so incredibly unlikely because we would have to win out, and that would include winning the SEC championship because if we don't win the SEC championship, we ain't making it. And we're most likely not making the SEC championship even if we do win out because at this point – Let's say we beat Georgia, and let's say Georgia drops another game somewhere along the way, which is very unlikely, Uh, but we'll say they drop a game along the way before the SEC championship time. Florida would need Kentucky to drop three games in order for Florida to be the team that makes it to the SEC championship to take on Bama. Um, It's just so, so unlikely because of just how, I mean, look, this was one of the games Kentucky was expected to lose. Kentucky probably not going to lose three games from here on out. That's just likely not going to happen. They're probably going to drop one or two, maybe. But at like, what are the odds that Georgia drops two, Kentucky drops three, and then Florida wins out, given what we've seen so far? Because Tennessee was a closer game than we were hoping for. South Florida was a ho- closer game than we were hoping for. Bama was a closer game than many expected. And then Kentucky, despite the score being so close, was very much not a super close game if you watched it. You know, you can tell Florida was just, I mean, their defense was doing what their defense did in 2015, 16 with Muschamp, McIlwain, all that stuff. Um, But their offense was just sputtering basic. I know earlier yesterday, Dan Mullen said, you know, that I, I trust Emory Jones to throw the ball deep. And you can say that all you want and people can believe you all they want, but anybody that watches the tape and sees what plays you're calling, it it tells a different story. The tape doesn't lie. You can. The tape tells you, well, you don't trust Emory Jones to throw the ball. You don't, because you can say that you trust him, but he had, what, three targets that traveled more than 15 yards in the air in that entire game? It's just... Stop lying to us. Come on. Like, like we're not stupid. We watch the game. We know what happens. So it's just, it's just not going to happen. But this year, it, it's, it's not a punt year. I want to make that very clear. We play to win every single game. We expect to win every single game. If you go into a game expecting to lose, you might as well not even play the damn thing. But playoffs, not happening. SEC Championship, almost certainly not happening. I believe there's right now a less than 1% chance that we make it to the SEC championship game. That's, come on, like I'm not going to say never say never, but almost definitely ain't happening. So that's something where, what do you do at this point? 
What do you look forward to if you're a Florida Gator fan? Well, hopefully a New Year's Six Bowl. That's not out of the question because we can, we, if we win out or if we lose a close one to Georgia and win everything else, that New York's New Year's Six is not out of the question at all because odds are Georgia's still going to be number two. Bama's still going to be number one. That means that the only other loss was to Kentucky, which again is likely going to win the majority of their games remaining and will be a ranked team, possibly a top 10 team. So at that point, Florida could have three losses if we just lose to Georgia, close game. And then it's going to be what? Three losses by a total of 15 points, maybe. And that, that, that reflects well on us, even though we know the tape has not been pretty at all. But that is one way that Florida, if they win out, besides a close loss to Georgia, hopefully, um, then and that's still New Year's Six Bowl is possible. Like that, That's what I'm looking forward to. A New Year's Six game is what I'm hoping for and expecting for the remainder of the season. And possibly, realistically, going into the season, those should have been the expectations. But me... I'm always a win or go home kind of guy. So I'm saying go for it all before the season. I'm saying natty. I'm saying SEC championship. I'm saying everything. But at this point, New Year's Six is the realistic goal. Realistic with a question mark, I guess. Goal here. Um, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I know that I'm not willing to punt. There is no benefit to punting on the year in college football. It's not the NFL draft where then you get a top five-star recruit to come to you. No, you got to keep winning games, keep fighting, and keep showing something, keep developing. We have a pretty young roster at this point, so let them develop. Let them figure out who they are, what they are. Figure out, you know, next year we we pretty much got our corner two, our corner one and two settled in with Jason Marshall and Avery Helm for next year. But beyond that, we need to figure things out. Who's stepping up on the D-line once Zachary Carter's gone? Who's going to play the inside linebacker spot for us once Jeremiah Moon's gone? Figure out the answer to that because we've had expectations for players that, frankly, they haven't hit in the past and we don't know anything is going to hit in the future. So figure out what you got, figure out who you got, but still win these games, still play to win these games. And Dan Mullen, you've got to step up. It's it's as simple as that. Dan Mullen needs to step up and be a better football coach than he has been. I've been one of his biggest supporters since he became a Florida Gator head coach. And I'm, I'm pulling for him. I still am. I, I still love what he can do. I still love what he can bring to us. But you're slacking at this point. Like I said it yesterday, either trust your redshirt junior quarterback to throw a damn football or sit him the hell down and figure out what else he got because that's not going to win games. It's no longer – first of all, you don't have a team like Bama used to have when they had A.J. McCarron and Greg McElroy and they were winning championships. You don't have a team that good. You have a team that you need to put up points to succeed and you need to be able to throw the ball because as good as our run game is, I, st I still think it's the best in the country. As good as our run game is though, it will not carry us any longer. It, it can't do it because teams are just going to key in on it. Kentucky, they kind of keyed in on it quite a bit and they played fantastic defense, not taking anything from them. Their defense throughout the entire game was stellar if we're going to be honest, but they got to key in on the run because you were not trusting Emory Jones. When Anthony Richardson came in, you didn't trust him. Make up your mind about who your quarterback is. Obviously, they're both going to play, but one of them has to be able to at least challenge vertically. That's something that Florida really needs to clean up or else screw it. We're cooked for the year. All right, college football fanatics. Uh, yeah, nice change of pace here. Have you heard about prize picks? 
PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. PrizePix offers every sport you can think of. NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more, baby. PrizePix offers more college football props than anywhere else, and they're already incredibly difficult to find as they are, but PrizePix has power five schools, mid-majors, all the beautiful things in between. It's really fun. Uh, that that matters to me, obviously. I'm, I'm big on betting. I'm not going to lie to you. I like betting, and I love betting player, player props. So that's, please, please, wins. That's what I need. Prospects allows mixed sport entries, so the over on LeBron rebounds, the under on Mahomes completions. If you're out of your mind, don't hesitate. Check out prospects.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prospects is daily fantasy made easy. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, NIL, bet online money? Visit rockauto.com right now for all of your car parts needs. I've said it multiple times before. I am awful if I have to do anything manual labor-wise involving a car. But my family's great at it. My family sucks with technology. I'm pretty damn good at it. Not that I need to be because rockauto.com is so remarkably easy to navigate that even I can do it easily and I don't even know what the hell a spark plug does. Whether it's brake pads, taillights, or you just want to add hydraulics, fuzzy Dyson mirror, whatever it is, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know exactly who sent you. Okay, all right, you know what time it is. It is Tape Tuesday, and we're going to take a look at four plays. Like always, you know how it goes. It's two plays in the first segment, two plays in the second segment, and it's, it's going to be um, very up and down. It's a bit of a roller coaster today, uh, if you want to take a look at that. The first one we're going to look at, because we're just going to start off on the bad note. We're going to rip this Band-Aid off. First one. Emory Jones, interception. Um, yeah, it's really fun. So we've got four receivers on the field. It's 11 personnel, so one running back, one tight end. The tight end is Kimori Gamble, who is in the slot on the left side here. He's also the intended target on the play. What we've got is we've got on the left side, we've got a vert from Xavier Henderson. We've got Kimori Gamble working up the seam. We've got Rick Wells on the right side in the slot, running a little bit of a sluggo, which is weird to see from the slot. You don't see it very often, but, I mean, it got open. And then on the right side, on the far right, you've got Jacob Copeland running a deep curl. And then you've got Malik Davis in the backfield running a little hitch out of the backfield. Kentucky here is in cover three. Kimori Gamble is lined up with J.J. Weaver, who's in the slot technically, but he's a linebacker. So he's on Kimori Gamble. So they've got linebacker to tight end lined up here. Uh, it's, it's a rough one because you watch this play and you can see Emory Jones stares down Kimori Gamble. Once Gamble gets the inside leverage on J.J. Weaver, uh, it's not bad to look at your guy with inside leverage and want to throw to him, but it's very bad to stare at him, especially when the defense is in cover three because they're looking at the quarterbacks. If you're just staring at him, it, it's a pick. And we can tell that Emory Jones is staring at Kimori Gamble here because the deep safety is just he, like he's already running to Kimori Gamble before Emory Jones even throws the ball. Like, watch it again. Before Emory even cocks his arm back, that deep safety is making his break. And he's not the one that made the play on the ball. J.J. Weaver, the linebacker, on Kimori Gamble, is the one that made the play on the ball. But this is what we see here. 
Emery drops back. I kind of slowed it down a little bit so you could see it. He throws to Kamari Gamble. It's underthrown a little bit. JJ Weaver takes the pick, and just for theatrics, I even showed the little loop, the little loop that JJ Weaver ran after he intercepted the ball because you know we like to have a little fun here. It, it's pretty rough to look at. Um, so yeah, we, we see this, and Kimura Gamble. He's working up the seam. He's looking, but JJ Weaver is just right underneath him. And Emery Jones puts no air under this ball, just bullets it right at J.J. Weaver. And if you're watching this, you can see that I mentioned the safety comes down to Kamori Gamble before Emery even cocks his arm back. You know what that means? It's cover three. Jacob Copeland's deep on the right side. The deep safety clears the middle of the field. That means you have Rick Wells on his little sluggo just open. He is just running free. And I'm not saying it's a touchdown, but it's a big gain if Emery Jones isn't, I mean, even if he is staring down Kimura Gamble, look him off, look off the safety, stare at Kimura Gamble, look the safety off, and then throw to Rick Wells deep. Uh, it, it would have been a big completion on the other half. Instead, it's a pick, and it's an ugly one at that. So that was one of the worst plays of the game. In the game where there were a lot of ugly plays, but that that that's what we're looking at first. It's really fun to, uh, to watch this play a thousand times. Today's getting ready for today's Tape Tuesday genuinely sucked because I had to watch this, and in the next segment, we're going to break down Wondell Robinson's uh, screen for a touchdown for Kentucky, and I had to watch that a ton of times to get everything right with this little animation. So that's really fun, and that's that's the last time we're going to watch this one, and then we're going to head over to the second play, which is Trevez Johnson's interception. So I'm going to start this one off by pointing out that this looks like cover three. Like I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, this is cover three, like, I'm not even, I'm like 98% sure it's cover three, but I have no idea what variation of cover three this is because we've got Trey Dean and Trevez Johnson in the slot, and they both play the deep thirds on the outside. Rashad Torrance is the deep safety. He's showing deep safety the whole time and he drops back, but Trevez Johnson and Trey Dean being slot corners in this play and then dropping back and outward to the deep thirds is very interesting. It's intriguing. It's new. I've never really seen that happen before. I'll, I'm going to see if Florida does that often, try to find out the name for it, but here's where we're at now. Um, Kentucky's in an empty set, and I mean, look, Florida's showing blitz here. I didn't show it here, of course, but Florida's showing blitz here, and it it's, it is it is what it is here, but uh, I'm going to even, you can even see how I edit this because this is what happens on this one. Boom. <laughs> so, Florida is showing blitz here, and I, you could see I just edited Amari Bernie's uh, track because I never really set his path, but there it is. That's what he does. And, you know, Kentucky, I don't know what it is. They see empty set. They see that Florida is showing a blitz, but they only end up rushing three. I'm just going to click play here so you can watch that. If you're on YouTube, you can see exactly what happens here. And I'm not sure exactly what it was with Will Levis that made him throw this ball because it was an inaccurate ball, without a doubt. And it was also a bad decision to throw the ball uh, because if you see that blitz, I'm assuming it just sped up his internal clock, even though pressure didn't really hit home. Antonio Valentino was like getting there, but he was not. He didn't hit home at that point, but Will Levis just kind of panicked, I think, and sailed it. Amari Bernie was showing blitz he was showing b gap b gap blitz here but he dropped back into coverage and i think that's really what screwed up this throw at the end of the day because i think will levis wanted to look 
for that little curl on the outside and Amari Bernie was underneath it. So he had to throw it a little high. He sailed it too much. I don't know if he thought the corner or the receiver was going to be deeper down the field or if he just, you know, complete miscommunication or just completely whiffed in general. But Travis Johnson got the easiest interception of his life. Uh, the routes were weird for Kentucky here. Like they genuinely confused me a little bit because you're showing empty set. You look like you've got a blitz. And I don't know, because if it's cover zero, if they're coming at you, you're not going to have these curls ready because your receivers aren't looking at you by the time they run 15 yards and then curl. And then both of your guys running into the flats are on block and releases. So if the blitz actually coming in, they're not going to be able to release after their block. So I don't know what Kentucky was planning on doing here. I don't know what they were expecting or hoping for, preparing for, but it was just terribly executed because Will Levis did have the flat guys open on both sides, but he just didn't look at them at all and instead rushed his throw through that curl and overthrew it right into Travis Johnson's chest. It was, again, the easiest pick he's going to get in his entire life. Anybody else make money this weekend? Because I know I didn't. Um, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, we know that I bet on Florida to cover. I bet on Florida in a different thing, in a different uh, bet slip to just win money line outright. I bet the over. I bet that one team would score more than 40. Um, so that was L, 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 and L. Yeah, that was really fun. Thanks, Bet Online. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts make sure to use promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d no space o-n and yeah yeah i'm just gonna tell you i'm gonna give a big thank you to sweat block because on saturday my heart was not having it that whole game you could tell it was ugly you could see what was happening i could i was we were on upset alert from the very beginning pretty much and I, you know what? Without sweat block, I would have been looking like Jordan Peele in that gif where he's just got sweat just pouring down his face. That would have been literally me during the game without sweat block. Sweat block. But thank God, sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. I would know. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, then bam, wake up, shower the next morning, and you are good to go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. And I know that sounds way too good to be true because everything that's guaranteed sounds way too good to be true. But I only have to use sweat block once or maybe twice a week, and it keeps me dry. Use promo code locked on, that is L O C K E D O N, to get 20% off at sweatblock.com or get it on Amazon or CBS. So next up, we're going to take a look at pretty much just the right side of the field. I know you see, you see Trey Dean on the left side of the field here. Uh, he's there too. He's on, he's there because he missed a tackle later in the play. But you're going to look at the right side of the field. Now, Kentucky starts in bunch here. And that's important because then they motion out their innermost slot. And Avery Helm follows him. And if you don't know, uh, that usually indicates that defense is in man if you motion a player across the formation and a defender follows them, that tells you that you're in man coverage. And at that point, I think Florida knew, okay, they're in, I mean, I think Kentucky knew, okay, they're in man, we're throwing a screen right here. And of course, I'm sure the screen was already dialed up, but perhaps if it was in zone, would have been a different play call. But man, so it's not. 
Uh, we've got missed tackles all over the place by Rashad Torrance, uh, Trey Dean. Avery Helm also misses his tackle, but like kind of misses his tackle because even if he made, like even if he completed his tackle, uh, Wando was in the end zone by the time that it's time for. So it doesn't even matter really. Uh, kudos, like a a plus for effort, I guess, um, but not really because you know they still scored. But yeah, Avery Helm, he he kind of made the tackle. I'm not gonna kill him for it. Is my point because by the time he got there. Uh, Wando would have scored anyway. He would have been tackled into the end zone. Worst case, there are a few keys here. And uh, this is not going to be great because I want to point out that I love the play design from Kentucky here. Uh, I'm also going to point out the next play that we're covering is Florida's screen touchdown. Um, I want to end on a good note. So that's why I'm going there. But we're going to look at this also because I love the play design because Kentucky did something here that you don't usually see from wide receiver screens that we should see more of. And I want to see more of. Uh, and the thing here is that Cavassier smoke, the running back, he comes by and annihilates Elijah blades. He demolishes him out wide. And that's an important thing because Cavassier smokes the running back. He comes out from the backfield. Once the ball snapped and he's just like Elijah blades, like I'm coming for your neck. And that's, that's pretty much what happens. He lays him out, but, the running back getting involved there is huge because usually a running back is just left to pass block in case, you know, in case the screen's covered and the pass rush gets in because your O-linemen are out of the way. So that usually they're left to pass block and it makes a lot of sense. But if you're committed to throwing that ball, you send your running back out there to lead the block and it's great because they get ahead of steam. Watch the play. Like I know that I can't technically show you the film here, but watch the play, and Cavassier Smoke just lights up Elijah Blades, completely takes him out of the play, because he's got a full head of steam as a lead blocker. Isaiah Cummings is the one that takes Trevez Johnson out of the play, blocks him a few yards down the field, and just takes him out. Uh, the body is slowed by the right tackle, who like doesn't block him, but gets in his path, and then he's just not able to recover and catch Wondell Robinson, which is makes a lot of sense. Um and then Rashad Torrance, the deep safety, late to react, comes in, doesn't make his tackle. Trey Dean doesn't make his tackle. And then Avery Helm can't make a tackle because he's already so far out of the play. This is a fantastic play design by Kentucky, fantastic execution, and just god-awful tackling by Florida. That's something that's been an issue for us all year, and this is what I mean. Because at this point, Rashad Torrance is the first guy that can make a tackle here. If he does make the tackle, it's still a gain of about 30, 30 yards. That's still not a touchdown. That still then gives the defense a whole lot of, like not even a whole lot of space. Just it makes it really hard for the Kentucky offense to score because there's no big play there. Rashad Torrance, if he makes his tackle, they still got to go 10 yards. If Trey Dean makes his tackle, they still got to go seven or eight yards. If Avery Holmes was just, if Avery Holmes was just a little bit faster, maybe they're stuck at the two and they have to earn these. Instead, Wondell Robinson just loops around everybody and I didn't include the right guard in the center in this play because they literally did nothing. Um, <laughs> so that's why I kept them out of the play art. Uh, but it, it was just, it was ugly for Florida. It was rough tackling, bullshaka tackling, if we're going to be honest. Just way too many whiffs on this play. Now, the final play we're looking at, because like, I, like I said, we're going to end on a good note. We've got Jaquavian Frazier's touchdown here on the little screen. That was his first touchdown of the year. So Emory Jones takes the snap. We've got three receivers on the left in bunch. Frazier's is the furthest one out left. 
Xavier Henderson is in the middle, and Trent Whitmore is the innermost slot. Emory Jones takes a snap, doesn't even freeze for half a second, and throws the ball to Frazier's immediately. And here's what I really liked about the play design here. I doubt that they expected Jacquez Jones, the outside linebacker here, to blitz um, for Kentucky, but it worked out perfectly that he did because it, he took himself out of the play. He wasn't there fast enough to disrupt the pass. Uh, we're going to watch the play here. He wasn't there fast enough to disrupt the pass. He wasn't there fast. And then he took himself out of the play and he couldn't make this play after Frazier's caught that screen. So that was perfect. Uh, the outside corner, Cedric Dort, right here, is the one that doesn't get blocked at all. And that's what I really like about the play. Because when you see this, you got Xavier Henderson taking out the slot corner. You've got Trent Whitmore going for the safety. And that leaves Cedric Dort completely unblocked. And that leaves Cedric Dort to make a decision. And that's what Florida wants people to do. They made Cedric Dort make a decision of either fight through contact or fight through traffic around Xavier Henderson and the corner getting blocked or go underneath and make a play. There was a little bit of hesitancy from Cedric Dort. And then he, by the time he ran in, he couldn't get a good wrap up or a good hit on Jaquavion Frazier's, and that's what led Frazier's to be able to score. Uh, the safety came in, wrapped Frazier's up, almost stopped him, but didn't stop him. And it, it was just beautiful play design. This was one of the fun things where it's like, okay, like this offense can still make a lot of things happen. Dan Mullen's known for being able to scheme guys open. Uh, get A screen is not necessarily scheming them open, but it, it was a great play design. DeAndre Square is the, outside, the inside linebacker here. Uh, he's just not simply not fast enough by the time he recognized what was going on, was not fast enough to get over there and make a play. And look, th this was an ugly game. It was a tough film session. I, I had to watch wide receiver screens like 40 times to get everything right. Um, but, you know, this was this was still a good play by Florida. There were still some positives. And we're going to watch this one more time. There were still positives here. Uh, Kim Murray Gamble and uh, Damian Pierce literally did nothing. So I just, I didn't even make that move because they were completely out of the play. But this was just, this was a game with not a lot of positives, but we still had positives. And that's something that's important to note. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we'll take a look ahead to this week's game against Vanderbilt. Now, make your second listen Locked On SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with Chris Gordy of Sports 790, our SEC expert. It's free and available on all platforms like all Locked On shows. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. And you can also find all my written work with Whole9Sports.com. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E -E Sports. And be sure to check out my pin tweet in that Locked On know why Gator Nation has the best fan base in college football, because we do, and I need the bragging rights, especially after this L. Please, I just want to talk that trash.